Lasers, dragons, and keyboards does not necessarily endorse any author's opinions or small animals expressed in the show. The show might not be suitable for adults, children, childish adults, or people with sensitivities to light, sound, or strong or weak opinions. Consult your doctor if you get a rash. Cookies will be provided if needed, but we will not waive Ziffy. I will try and interrupt you and make it difficult to edit. Because I find that amusing. Now, you see how I timed that? It just she was taking a drink. You know, I do have controls and I can put you on mute. Can we find our way out of this uh, maze of rabbit trails? Embrace the rabbit trail. So, I'm sorry my that my name, interview has uh, put your butt to sleep. <laughs> You're listening to the Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards podcast, featuring interviews with your favorite speculative fiction authors. We'll be discussing their books, their fandoms, and their writing processes. So sit back and enjoy another exciting episode with your hosts, Aaron, Josh, and Liberty. Welcome back to Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. I'm Liberty Spidell, one of your hosts, and this is episode 42 of the show. Today on the show, we have with us again, Celeste Thiessen, and we are talking about her writing process. We discuss her pantsing, and we all agree that her style of doing this is extremely brave. Erin uh, is amazed at the earliness at which Celeste writes. And he's also really quick on the puns and the quips in this episode, so stay tuned because you're in for a lot of belly laughs. We also talk strange place names where we all live, and uh, Celeste's unusual research methods. We also discuss her self-editing and her lengthy process of editing, editing, which includes her husband, and get into a bit of a Mac versus PC debate. So that's kind of what we've got going on on the show. And I think you will enjoy it all. Uh, we also, in our show notes, are linking to our Star Wars episodes as uh, we do discuss them a little bit. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, you might want to go take a listen. That is episode seven and seven and a half. So uh, go take a listen if you have a chance. Also, uh, just in case you didn't listen to S- episode 41, um, I have done a couple of interviews on the awesome geek. The Average Geek Show, I'm sorry, not Awesome Geek, but Average Geek, and uh, uh, the Rambling Writers podcast. So if you haven't had a chance to go check those guys out, um, be sure to do that. I might want to give you a warning if you listen to other episodes of The Average Geek Show. Some of them do have uh, quite a bit of swear words, so if you are sensitive to some of that, you might want to shy away. My episode's pretty clean, but there are a few um, on the parts of the host's. So uh, that's about all we've got going on. Uh, You can find links to all of that on our website. And be sure to check out our show notes and leave a comment if you really like the show. That would be really helpful to let us know that you are liking what you hear. Also, if you haven't had a chance to, be sure to leave us a uh, review on iTunes and on Stitcher or any other platform you might be hearing us on. That would be wonderful. Without further ado, here's our show. Welcome back to Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. We're here with Celestia, no, Celesta Thiessen, and we'll be discussing her uh, writing practice. So, Celesta, are you a plotter or a pantser? Or both. I'm a little bit of both. <laughs> I tend both. to work um, answer side, but I'm actually both, but I never <laughs> write anything down. Because if I write things down, it takes the magic out of it for me, and then it's boring. 
So I only make things up in my head ahead of time. I, I don't write down a plot outline. Wow. That is brave. That is very brave. <laughs> Why? Well, I don't have anything to lose. Yeah. <laughs> or Just everything to fun, right? depending on how you look at it. <laughs> the, the appropriate Star Trek quote is, you're either very brave or very stupid. <laughs> or both. Or just brilliant. <laughs> and our audience probably gets that quote right away. So. Anyway, what exactly does your writing process look like? Um, I like to write my rough drafts in the morning uh, before 7.15 a.m. So I like to write, do all my rough draft writing in the morning. Or if I'm like... 15 of which you speak. <laughs> Like seven fifteen a.m. <laughs> but I, I don't understand. Part of the 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 a.m. part. There's a seven fifteen right before we send the kids to bed. But what what is this? There's there's two seven a.m.s. I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> seven. The other one's seven p.m. In the morning at seven a.m. And uh, I wake up early, oh. so I wake up six at the latest. But sometimes I wake up at five or oh. something. And then I do my writing before my devotions and before I have to take care of the kids. I've been up at five once or twice. Usually it was a trip to the hospital right after that. Well, my house is quiet at that time. Oh. And a quiet house is good. Yep, for writing, yeah. My house is quiet at 5 a.m. too. Uh, Follow-up question. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, so, uh, you do your writing, all of your writing before 7 a.m., you said? Or 7.15? Um, like most of it, but, like, during times when I'm just scheduled just for writing and I don't have any other responsibilities, um, like, I have some days like that during NaNoWriMo in November and other times when I'm doing a focused project, then when I get, like, just a day to work on it and my husband takes care of the kids, then I just, like, write all day. But generally, my normal practice is I do my writing, my my first draft writing in the morning. I might do editing or something else like that later on. Okay. And how long does it take to knock out a draft? Well, that's a tricky question. Usually when I'm writing in the morning, I'm writing, working on my shorter books or my short stories. Uh, when I do novels, I like to do them all in one month. So I, I usually do my novels during NaNoWriMo uh, because then I can do them all in one month. And I like that better because then I can remember all my characters and like keep their tone consistent. If I leave a story for a long time and then come back to it, I don't remember the people anymore and then it doesn't work for me. So I have to like binge write. I have to binge write for longer works. Okay. Yeah. Do you really not draft him? I mean, is it really conscious to begin with? What? Can you can you really knock out a draft? I mean, doesn't it have to be something something have to be conscious for you to knock it out? <laughs> How? Are you, okay, you're an author, Aaron, and you're asking that question. Are you telling me that your stories and your characters have never spoken to you? Not out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. That's the right answer, right? 
Depends on if we need the men with white coats to come and visit. They're coming to take me away, haha. They're coming to take me away, hee <laughs> hee. Now we're going to have to put up a link to that song. Yes, we know it. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Moving right along. What writing software do you prefer, Celesta? I just use Word. I find that uh, suits what I need, and it's easy, and I feel like if I had to learn something else, it would waste my time, and I want to use the time that I have for writing stories. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, I find it convenient for uh, publishing, because I just can upload straight from Word directly to Kindle, and also to Create Space, and also to Smashwords, just right from Word. So for me, that's easy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Russell the formatting, but yeah. That yeah reads, I've got a system. Makes sense. That leads right into our next... Hmm, what? What was the, we're talking? What, yeah, what did uh, you say, Celeste? Oh, I said I have a system for formatting. Like, I've uh, published over 20 books now, so okay. I have it down pat. I, I got the formatting. That's not a problem for me anymore. I will email you with questions then. <laughs> <laughs> it won't work. I've tried to explain it to people... But I have to show them in person, because if I just explain it to them in text, to like the words, they can't understand it. But then if I show them in person, then they can understand it. Maybe so I have to, I would have to do a video where I would show you like what my hands are doing on the, yeah. Road trip. Manitoba is beautiful this time of year. <laughs> Can you believe I have never been outside of the U.S. I I haven't even been to Canada, and I'm from Michigan, so Canada doesn't even count for us. That <laughs> is sad. You should come north. It is, isn't it? Yeah, that's well, terrible. Winnipeg is awesome. It's a pretty big city, and there's lots of fun stuff to do there. And out here in Steinbach, we have like you know this. I live in a small city, which is really just a town, pretending it's a city. And here we have a swimming pool. Awesome. (laughs) You know what we've got in Pompeii? A bar and a, um, uh, uh, that's about it. (laughs) The population in Pompeii is about 51 and about 300 on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Not joking. Nice. Once church gets out, the population drops again. <laughs> Actually, oh technically, God. I'm from suburban Pompeii. I'm halfway between Parrington and Pompeii. And yes, that's right. It's spelled Pompeii, pronounced Pompeii. You know we're out in the middle of the sticks. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Somewhere in Missouri, there's a town that's called Versailles. And the first time I heard my husband pronounce it, I started to correct him that it's Versailles. Like in France. Yeah. Yeah, you, you can tell people that are out of town. Oh, which way? How far is it to Mackinac? That's Mackinac. Mackinac. But it has a C. An Indian word. It's not English. The rules don't apply. You know, there, oh, there, are, the places in, there are places in uh, southern Minnesota that you can literally blink. Uh, 30 seconds and apart, and miss like three cities or mm-hmm. towns. So, <laughs> all right. Anyways, <laughs> rabbit trails. What question we, are we on? A nice segue into our question before that rabbit trail. Sorry, it's Aaron's anyway, question. 
was my fault. Oh, was I know, it was my fault. If Liberty's taking the blame, we'll blame her for the rabbit trail. <laughs> I, I generate enough of them on my own anyway. Where were we? Oh, yes. How do you organize and keep track of all your research if you write in Word? Do you have a stack of uh, My research? I keep track of all my research in my head. Like I said, I don't really like to write anything down. And if I'm taking the time to look it up, well, then I just remember it. I remember the important parts. I am in awe. I Okay, well, wait. Two pages so later. Let's backtrack a little bit. Wait, wait. I don't remember everything. I don't remember everything. Like, if it's if it's something really complicated, I'll just research it and write it straight directly into my story immediately. Like, sometimes for things, I don't know how they work, so I look them up. Mm, like, complex things, like how, like, a spacecraft takes off or, or lands. Or once I had for my uh, one of my more recent books, I wrote how uh, a spacecraft um, splashes down in the ocean and which all shoots open first or whatever. So I actually had that window open and I type, sort of, I copied it, not copied completely, but I copied the ideas and the terminology straight from there right into my story immediately. So, like, cause I couldn't hold that big long thing in my head. But so I write it out twice, right? I'm writing it out, so I just wrote it straight into my story. There you go. I need to write that stuff down, cause like I said, man, about two pages later, I've forgotten a secondary character's name. <laughs> this is why yeah. you're using Bob the Gryffindor, Aaron. What was it, Bob? I don't have a Bob. Flip <laughs> back to the notes. So, uh, do you do any self-editing, and if so, where do you go to edit? Like where location or what? Like yeah. do you hire somebody in particular or? Oh, my editing process. Yeah. Yes. I, uh, first of all, I edit it myself a number of times, just reading it over to myself. And that's what I do first. Then the second pass is, uh, my beautiful, wonderful husband reads it to me out loud. And that's really good because number one, I hear it from someone else reading it. Because when I read it, I keep reading what I meant to write. And so I miss all sorts of mistakes. I and then that. also, and then he also calls me on it when he doesn't believe it. He's like, mm, no, I'm not believing it. I'm like, oh, no. And he's like, no, go write something else. So right. it, it's really good. That way he uh, he helps me to know if something's not believable. And also sometimes he's like, are you sure this is how it really works? And I'm like, mm, no. And he's like, you better look that up. <laughs> <laughs> so my husband helps me out that way. And then after he reads it, through to me then I send it off to my editor that I have then she gives it back to me and like I go through the changes and take some of the changes and reject some of the changes because she always wants me to write everything grammatically correct even when my characters are speaking and when they're thinking but I just tell her no when the characters are speaking it's not supposed to, it doesn't have to be grammatically correct and when they're thinking it doesn't and if the character is basically the narrator then nothing has to be <laughs> grammatically correct Nice. Anyways, and then after I send it off to her, nice. so I take it back and I go through it and I send it back to her and she sends it back to me. And then after that, I last for my last editing is I have my computer read it to me and uh, for the last step of editing and then, then it's done. Does the computer mispronounce everything? Um, no, my like, computer's pretty good. 
is it like a bad GPS? Because yeah, my uh, GPS on the way to Realmic years, it told me take exit number or whatever toward Talada. I'm like Talada. What the? Where's Talada? Oh, it means Toledo. Wow, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> so we're yelling at her. Turn off. It's pronounced Toledo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's even funnier. Rabbit trail. Uh, it's even funnier. My in-laws have a, uh, a Elvin, as in Elvin the chimp, uh, chipmunk voice, um, for their GPS. <laughs> I want to get Walter Cohen, a Walter Cohen voice pack for my GPS, but he hasn't made one, sadly. Nice. Very disappointed about that. My uh, computer reading my books to me has really saved me some bad, bad mistakes that were the wrong words. Mm. I, I, but my husband never caught it. I never caught it. My editor never caught it because you're just expecting to see a certain word there because it's what makes sense in context. But mm. it was actually a different word there. And typically when my computer reads it to myself, in the whole book, I'll still catch like 10 mistakes at mm. least. So if I didn't do that last pass, I would miss all those. Yeah. I, you know, I think the more I could read through my stuff, I'd find a mistake every single time. Now, did you say it? Uh, is there a specific program you use to have it read to you? I have a Mac, so I just have an option, read it to me, and then it reads it to me. Okay. Because I usually, if I want to do that, I put it on my Kindle, and my Kindle keyboard It's like ancient... <laughs> <laughs> and there's the re, uh, voice to text or text to voice or there, and it does mm. the same thing. So that's been pretty handy. I agree with you. It, it's very handy to have that done. Uh, so how do you deal with writer's block, or do you even get it? Well, for me, uh, I don't. I do get writer's block where I'm totally stuck. But it's not really writer's block like I don't know what's going to happen or I don't have any ideas. I just sometimes get like frozen with paralyzing self-doubt. And that's what makes me not be able to write anymore. So what I found works the best for me is writing right after I wake up. Because then my head is like empty and there's nothing else in there. Just me and my own thoughts. And... Uh, it's all quiet and it's not all got stirred up yet by, you know, the frustrations of the day and everything. So that's when I write the best is first thing in the morning, right after I've been sleeping, wake up and then write. I've tried doing that. And sometimes I'm really successful because of probably the same reason. And other times it's just, I sit there and stare at my computer until the coffee kicks in. <laughs> See, I don't drink coffee. I don't have any caffeine because I can't, I can't handle it. Mm. Hmm. Lucky you. <laughs> hey, if coffee tasted like it smelled, I'd be addicted to the stuff. <laughs> Ooh. Yep. Exactly that. Mountain well, I used to like coffee. <laughs> so what kind of crumbs can we find in your keyboard? <laughs> <laughs> Mine? Yes. I love that way of asking that question. It's a lot more fun, isn't it? Oh, well, yeah. I don't ever eat over my computer because it's a laptop and you're, you don't want to eat over your computer. That's where your computer is. Your keyboard. Like, you don't want to spill on it. But I sometimes have tea or juice. 
but off to the side, DKFT. Oh, you, we find tea stains in your keyboard. No, no. I never, I never hold my cup over my keyboard because I'm klutzy and I would spill it. So I always like drink like this. Never over my keyboard. I'm not worried about it because my keyboard is nigh on indestructible. Mine's not. If you pour uh, something on your Mac keyboard, you'll kill it. You'll kill your computer because it's a laptop. Well, my well, keyboard is six years old and still going strong. Well, it's because it's a Mac. Yeah, yeah you can't <laughs> pour things on them. That's true. Computers in general don't like liquids. Yeah, but like if you just have a desktop and you pour stuff on your keyboard, that's totally fine because there's nothing in there. You could just take it, if you just have a desktop computer, you can just like go rinse it in the sink if you get pop on it or whatever, because there's nothing in there that gets damaged from that. But a laptop, your guts of your computer are behind the keys here. Yeah, However, true. How hard would it be to put a spill tray underneath the keyboard? <laughs> Answer, not terribly difficult. IBM did it in the 80s. Works great. Yeah. So... What's the weirdest thing you've ever had to Google? Not necessarily about writing, just in general. Um, well, this podcast. I am um, for my latest series, the Salt Eden series that I'm working on. I did extensive research about how to make your own country, like extensive. So I like know everything there is about making your own country. And I joined like some groups of people who like want to make their own country and they're pretty weird. <laughs> and so I, I can't really participate much because they're too, uh, all together by an island and you know how to set everything up. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. <clears throat> who was it? Somebody posted a link for an island that was for sale a while back. Was it yeah, great? I saw that. I think Grace it was, or maybe Ben? I don't know. I, but we, and we Beck, need to all together and buy it, and so we just can help us get our own government set up. Yes. <laughs> we can have well, military after lunch. Apparently you need to have a strong military, because if you want to start your own country, you actually just basically have to be able to defend it. Because if you can't, people will come in as you, so. Hey, did you see the Nerf War at Realm Makers? <laughs> oh my. Well, I, I'm just thinking all we'd need need to do to defend our our nascent uh country is go, okay, we're just gonna show you our search histories. Do you really <laughs> wanna mess with us? <laughs> we're gonna run away screaming. <laughs> no, we're good. <laughs> Oh, dear. So, Celesta, what do your marketing practice, practices look like? Oh, marketing. <laughs> Everybody loves that question, right? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, sure. Well, for me, um, I don't do that much marketing. I feel like uh, I was doing quite a bit of marketing last year, and it did nothing for my sales at all. Like, absolutely. Like, my sales went down a little bit. So um, I just felt like I was supposed to pull back from marketing, and so and that my talent would be better used for writing books. So I don't really worry much about marketing. I uh, one thing I do 
is I put the first book in every series free. So mm-hmm. in my Super 7 series, book one is free on Amazon. Ooh, free book. Yeah. Actually, I think, I think you just got a sale. Which fandom or fandoms do you feel have influenced your writing the most? I'd have to say Star Trek, because I started watching it when I was really young. It's the um, show that I watched first, probably in my whole life. So that's Star Trek, the original series. Uh, I also love Star Wars, too. Just the original three movies, though. <laughs> How do you feel about The Force Awakens? Uh, I think the verdict is still out. I think they're just going to pull it into the garbage. I, I just do not have high hopes for it. I just think they're going to take the whole series and make us wish they never wrote the next three movies. That's just my prediction. Hmm. So you're you're waiting until episodes eight and nine are out? Yeah. I mean, this movie was okay. I liked it okay. I would say it was a good movie, but I just don't think I think they're going to take in a good direction. I mean, I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay, but I thought it was dumb that kind of Luke was just out there and da da da. The end of the movie was she saw Luke. I mean, I don't know. And both of the main characters there were of unknown parentage. I don't know. I just think it was bordering on lame, but still good. But we'll see what they do with the next movies. Yeah, it kind of depends on how it goes from there. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have to go back and listen to our Star Wars episodes. Yep, that was that was a fun discussion. Oh, yeah. It was. Uh, so, if you, you have had to, to narrow go. it down to... Skywalker. What? To quote Luke Skywalker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Right. laughs> So if you had to narrow it down to one book, period, uh, what would that one book be? This question is so cool. I have cool. to say the, fir- the first <laughs> book in the Dark Trench saga, that first book. That was amazing. That was that an was amazing good. book. Okay. What is something that surprised you most about being an author? Writing doesn't ever get any easier. I just had this idea in my head like six years ago when I started writing in earnest because before that I was just like a hobby writer. I wrote sometimes like just for a hobby. But then I guess seven years ago I started writing like intentionally like to, you know, publish and to like have it sort of like as a career Um, and, you know, start telling people I'm a writer. Uh, I had in my head, well, this is going to get easier. Like with every book that I publish, it's going to get that one step easier and, uh, you know, easier to write the process. But it hasn't. It, I, I, I suspect it's gotten harder. <laughs> That's how it feels, <laughs> the feeling of it. Well, I mean, the, the stakes are higher. You've got all these other books and you have to make sure that they are up to the standard and maybe a little bit better. That's how I feel with my series. I just find the writing process harder. Like, I just sit down, and it's like, ah! <laughs> That's just harder. <laughs> Who was it that said writing is easy? You just sit at the keyboard and bleed ink. Uh, oh, was it uh, Hemingway? I think so, yeah. Well, Hemingway or one of his contemporaries. Uh, of course. Of course, what goes with that is uh, we are our stories, so when you bleed ink, we are being wrung out. 
It's true. People use profound quotes instead of funny quotes. Make me all distracted. <laughs> uh, what's one piece of writing advice that you would want to share with aspiring authors? I would tell them, write what you love. Uh, it's really important to write what you love, because if you don't love it, nobody will. So write what you love, write what you're passionate about. And uh, if you're a Christian, um, read, pray, and listen to Jesus. Because it, who you are goes into your writing. Very true. Mm -hmm. The profound portion of tonight's show. <laughs> We're getting all um, doesn't like us. What was that? We're getting all introspective. This isn't like us. <laughs> yeah. Where, where is lately, the... we've at least, lately we've had at least one introspective question per show. Yeah, about that. So, what is one thing you'd like to accomplish um, besides writing books where your career is concerned? I'm going to write for TV one day because um, not everybody reads. So, I was going to make audiobooks, and I may still. I haven't decided, but um, almost everybody watches TV. My fiction to reach the most people, uh, so I'm going to write for TV. Okay. That sounds like fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we are going to wrap up for tonight. Uh, but where can our listeners go to learn more about you and your work? And they can just search for Celesta Thiessen on Amazon. Ooh. And I have a website as well, celestathiessen.com. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on and joining us tonight, Celesta. Thanks for having me. It was fun. It was. This has been another episode of Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. Have a question or comment? Email us at lasersdragonskeyboards at gmail.com or send us a tweet at ldkpodcast. Our music is Flight of the Beast, Loop 1 by Jonathan Gear. Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards is copyrighted under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. This means if you're not for profit and you want to quote us, please be sure that you cite us. If you are for profit, please get our permission first. You can find us at lasersdragonsandkeyboards.wordpress.com for detailed show notes, as well as on facebook.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you next time. Peace and long life. Live long and prosper.